Reasonable Ignorance, episode 20 on iTunes, SoundCloud. Rate, subscribe, listen. Now, bombs! From profit to prophecy. Where was you at, Mike? Paris, Texas. Uh, uh, like English muffin. The dude named Ruben Nimhard from the Bronx introduced me to this. Work. Six three guard. Could do it all. Grand Poobah. Sinner. Beginner. This is what I'm talking about. That's hip hop. Where is that rap at? Where is that? Where is that? That's what I'm saying. It's out there. It doesn't exist. You got to really dig deep for that. Are we rolling? We started? Is yeah, this we, it? We, this, 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 not, yet, not, yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. We got yeah. you. <laughs> hey, um, this is my turn up record for this episode. I like this. This is very lit. Yeah. 2015 lit. I'm just trying to uh, woo, run through the money. Run. Run. Yeah. This shit going to pop off. Watch. Run, run to the money. Run. Run, 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 run through the money. Listen. Trying to blow a check. So we went from one for all to a nigga blowing a check. I told you, man, that's what's wrong with this. Lit, lit, lit. lit. Man, we try to be lit. Lit. Let's count the number of words between those two songs. Compare how many words he said to the first song, son. What's this here? I seen your girl post a bill. So I hear her in the deal. Oh, eyes, yeah, I see him. Uh, uh. Yeah, this your man, I hate to be him. It goes down in the deal. It goes down. It go down in the deal. This the guy from Memphis, right? Yo, Gotti. This is my niece, boyfriend, Bogey, cute and trended. Farrah, this your boyfriend, right? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, she, she got a crush on him, man. You know, like that's They like thing. Yo Gotti. That's his, that's, now that's a r- nice record. Dude, that's Michael Bivens with a ball fake from the south. <laughs> <laughs> Bombs! <laughs> hey, man, we got an interesting guest today. Yes, yes. We, we, I was pretty talking with the young brother. He's 26. Uh, he, he's got a lot going on. Why don't you introduce yourself? Doma T. Doma T. What's going on, y'all? Doma T what? Doma T Pungo. Doma T Pungo. That's the last name. It's a long name, so I try not to overwhelm him. I'll just give him the first. Don't uh, well, well, hold on. Overwhelm him right now. What does your name mean? My first name means the backbone of the family. And my last name, Pungo, means workhorse. Wow. That's yeah. going to be my new fuck name. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Bitch, I'm Dumb T. Pungo. Dumb T. Pungo, that pussy. <laughs> you have to say it with an accent. It's Dumb T. Pungo. Bombs! I'm going to have a ball. We just getting started. So your name is going to be what again? Double T Punko. <laughs> ain't gonna steal the brother's name, man. Hey, man, he ain't using it right. <laughs> you trying to get the black folks together. I'm trying to slain his dick. You trying to run this? <laughs> I'm just fucking around. It just sounds like yes. a, it just sound like a, 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 a like a real. I'm gonna fuck the shit out somebody now. Like what it means? The uh, definition you, you of his what? name. You're right. You're right. You do yeah. got a point. workhorse, backbone of the family. 
What? Mike, you just changed my life, man. Yeah. You really, you, know, you really James Evans. Now, Pops. <laughs> <laughs> but peep the irony. My name was almost Michael. Yeah. My mother almost named me Michael, man. Damn. And my father was like, nah, you know, he needs a name from, from the crib. You know, both my parents are from Ghana. That's where the name is from. Oh, okay. Wow. But they really? came here in the 70s. Yeah, I was born in Chicago, but both my parents from Ghanaian. Yeah. Really? Yeah, so wow. that's what. Now I was this close to. We was this close to having the same. Well, so name. What's, what, been, what's your father's name? Kojo. No, what does that mean? You know, I don't know. I don't know. You need some work. Kojo might mean. It might mean Monday born. Uh huh. Might mean a man born on Monday. I can't remember. So he's a Monday workhorse. Yes, a Monday workhorse. The name. My last name is. Uh, it's interesting. I don't even. Uh, how do I get into this story? I'm trying to think if I even remember it correctly. So. Something to the effect of, you know, um, my grandfather or my great-grandfather. I can't even remember the whole story. I shouldn't even have started it. My great-grandfather, though, um, his brothers his brothers had passed away, and so he began to take care of his brother's wives and the family and the kids. And so he worked so so much that they started calling him Pongo, and he took that on as his name. Really? Oh, okay. And that became the surname uh, right. for my family. Like yeah. born on the family. Yeah. Uh, work work, work, work yep. for the family. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. You know, yeah, brother, 26 years old. Right. I mean, Mike, in an effort to, you know, we try to do flavor here. You know, we try to not keep it the same with the podcast, you know, because we could we can go into the whole talking about what's going on in the current news and everything, but it's all about moving the culture forward. Right, right. right. You know, it's also, it's all also about embracing new, young, black Chicago, mm. you know. Exactly. And I feel mm. like, you know, you are on the forefront of such. Man, I received that. That's a high honor. Those four of my favorite words, New Young Black Chicago. Right. Yeah. And um, you're part of the millennial generation, um, the digital generation and everything. But, you know, you have a lot of things going on. So I welcome you to, you know, Reasonable Ignorance Podcast today. I appreciate that you're here and everything. We're going to get into it, though. We're going to talk. I appreciate the invite. We're going to talk, brother. We're going to talk. We're going to test your metal and see what's going on and Uh-oh. everything. Uh-oh. You let know? the people know what you do, man. Let them, let, let, let them know, like, give them a surface of where you really at. Right. Yeah. Um. I'm a uh, I'm a news anchor at WVON 1690. I'm a journalist, a radio personality, an MC. I host the Artist Lounge open mic every first and third Friday. So we do that at Frontline Bookstore in High Park. Wow. Um, also split my time as a program director at WindyCityUnderground.com out of the Illinois Media School. Used to be known as the Illinois Center for Broadcasting. So, exactly. So it's, it's rough. So in the mornings, 6 to 12, I'm at WVON. In the afternoons, I'm you know, doing me. Then in the evenings from about 4 to 10 or 4 to 8 or whatever the case may be, I'm at WindyCityUnderground.com. Uh, helping the students learn broadcasting, but also uh, engaging the city, man, trying to get city, you know, some of these artists out here in Chicago, you know, give them a platform to talk about what they do. And then, you know, back at it the next day, you know. So that's that's, that's your rotation. That's the, the routine. Day. I don't know yeah. how long this can be sustainable, but that's the routine. Hey, right man. You, that's the workhorse. That's the pongo with me right there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so what's what's your motivation? What What's moving you? What's, what's, what's your goal? Like, where are you headed? Man, if I if I sit still, man, I get restless. I get like, I I've had, you know, when I when I graduated college, I started to go the conventional route. I've always been a rapper. I've been an MC since forever. Okay. And it seemed like those paths. It seemed like you know, 
being on one side of the mic as radio personality or whatever and journalism or whatever, it seems like these things are different, but they all the same. You're on the mic, you tell stories. Exactly. It just so happens to MC the stories rhyme. You know, it's, it's exactly. a, you know, easy transition. So I, I had always been rapping and, you know, my music as I got older became a lot more socially conscious. Um, and, and in college, I was helping out with this um, this medium called theculturalfront.com. I had this black studies professor that was doing all of these dope interactive projects where he would, like, take poetry projects to uh, youth in East St. Louis and all of that. And so he would take my music, and he had these students studying my music, reading my words on paper. And I used to not let people read my rhymes on paper because I thought they couldn't catch the rhythms or nothing. But he was teaching my hip-hop like it was poetry. Mm. And so I started hitting the open mic scenes, and at these open mic spots, their sound systems ain't that crazy. So I would just do my raps without the beats. I'm like, oh, snap, I'm a poet, you know, but we, right. we all know poetry is the father of hip-hop, so yeah. that's kind of how that, how that went, you know what I'm saying? So fast forward, talking about the motivation, I, um, you know, I majored in economics, started working in the business, in the corporate world for a second, but I felt like I was going to find myself later on in life unfulfilled, just doing something, making somebody else some money, and I, I didn't feel fulfilled. I walked in one day and quit. Where'd you go to high school? TF North of Cal City. Okay. TF North of Cal. Man, I grew up in Chicago and South Shore, and uh, East Side. Yeah, East Side. Yeah, rough yeah, East Side, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, it was. You know, was yeah. that was this the East Side before the the projects got torn down or or what? This is like 68th and Stony okay. area. This is over there by High Around Park. Around the corner High from uh, Reds. Yeah. Oh man, right down the street from Reds. What do you yeah. know about Reds? Yeah, I know about Reds. I yeah, know about yeah. TF North too. Uh, Tim Banks and the basketball coach. Yeah, Banks. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 big. Yeah, yeah. Banks is a legend, low key. I seen him in a Simeon documentary, man. The yeah, Thirty that, for Thirty. Over. Yeah, yeah. That's him. That's where you see me at. He was in there. Wow. Yeah. He had what? the scruffy beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it all together now. That's this me is with the hat crazy. To the back. Yeah, yeah. That's me. I grew up with Ben Wilson. I coached the grammar school we went to. Right now, I coach little boys right there, right now. That's this is yeah. history right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, at the pod, you got to put like some some cliff notes at the end of this podcast <laughs> so they can see how monumental this is right yeah, here. Like, right. you know, I'm I'm fake starstruck right now. You know, that's oh, heavy. That's like heavy, that, man. It, it, like, I'm proud of you, man. Like you, 26 years old, but the guys that you usually come in contact with on the south side of Chicago on 79th Street, 75th Street, or wherever. Mm-hmm. They lost. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You you went to college, you quit a corporate job, and now you now you 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 striving forward to push the culture forward. You know what I'm saying? Like we like we was talking before we started. You said you're single, no kids. Hey man. Ladies. Keep keep that you're the, it, you're the Netflix and chill generation. You know that, right? Yeah, <laughs> Netflix yeah, and chill. Yeah, right? yeah. You missed that episode. Yeah. Or you, hey. you heard oh, it, I, call, you know? I listened to it. I did hey. listen to it. Before you look at them 38 double Ds, <laughs> check her motherfucking credit score. <laughs> <laughs> then it asks us to you know, go to the local joint and be like, if she got an STD. <laughs> then, you know, like, now you may be on your right way. You know what I'm saying? Choppers! Man. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, man. Big titties are how you gone, kid. Man. Child supported out. Hey, you know what? What's tripped out is <laughs> I, I was looking. I saw a meme. Um, as a side note, you yeah, we're gonna go back. But I saw, I saw a meme just last night that says, "Any bitch, oh, born after nineteen ninety one, can't cook, bisexual, ate at McDonald's, mm, mm, mm. washes her pussy in the sink, mm, mm, 
Um, at least he's washing it. No, <laughs> <laughs> knows all. All she knows is weave. Mm. Yeah, she anyone after nineteen ninety one. But she really don't know nothing about no damn um, I, I straightening comb. Mark, she don't know nothing about no straightening comb. I yeah. just missed the mark. Yeah, that's right. 89, right? <laughs> yeah. 89. No, no, but it, you know, it goes for any woman that's, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's why. So, you went to TF North. Talk, talk to us, but let's, let's go back. Let's go back. What was that transition like how was from the, how 68th and Stony to Calumet City? Cal City. Um, well, wait, I want to go back before then, yeah. okay, because you said your, your parents, you're originally from where? Ghana. Okay. Your parents are from Ghana, and they came over here when? Uh, the 70s, I think. Yeah, the 70s. Okay. They came in. The they 70s. came to Chicago in the 70s, or they, what did they go? Came, came straight to Chicago. My father came here to, um, I think he came straight to go to University of Chicago. Okay. My father, yeah. They Both came. parents? Both parents, yeah. Collegiate? Uh, no, nah, my mom, man. My mom went to uh, Kennedy King. Okay. Um, Became an RN, and has been an RN for, let's say, almost 40 years. Okay. So, yeah. you're born in, in 88, 89. 89, yeah. Two Only, big sisters. Two big sisters? Yeah. So, yeah. you're the baby? Yeah, yeah. You're the baby. Yeah. Big sisters are, um, what's their names? Oh, yeah, shout out to big sister them, Afinia and Nunya. Those were like big brothers. Like, if you got big sisters, like, you know, especially coming up over there, like, when my bike got stole, I went and got big, my big sister, man. She she got a lot of years on me. I can't say her name or her age on a podcast. But, you know, she was the one, like, you know, I didn't I didn't have brothers. I didn't grow up with, you know, guys like that. So she she played that role, you know what I'm saying? Okay. If, if, if it was, she went, knocked him off my bike, brought it back. You know, that was the type of thing that we had coming up over there. So it was uh, when, they, when they came in the 70s, they had my older sisters. Um... You know, my mother was working at Garrett Popcorn to support themselves through school, and Pops was going through school. He was in school almost all my life. And So what did you he know, major in at, at University of Chicago? He ended up getting his uh, PhD in theology. Really? But get this. This is going to mind F y'all. Switched industries, and now he's an RN. Wow. Because he couldn't get, you know, it, it's frustrating as an academic, especially like as an African academic, even if you don't have a degree in African-American studies, if you're African, you are now the african studies professor by default interesting type of thing that's not what he was around to teach if they're if they're talking uh you know um theology they're going toward other people in the divinity program or if you if he's going for these higher professor gigs or whatever so he was he was teaching at chicago state for a little while did math and things like that but um he ended up going back um going back to school getting a ba in, in nursing and then is now an rn that's a tremendous career change uh crazy shift and i said you know what if he can do that in his 50s or 60s you know whenever he did it i can't even remember i'm like man i can i'm only in my 20s for me to feel like this is the end of the road or or to listen to people that say yo why would you walk away from that opportunity i mean you have all of this leeway to bump your head and if you look at like businesses in this country right Every business that we know right now, whether it's HP, Hewlett Packard, or McDonald's, they were all founded in a recession. Because what they say, uh, what uh, depravity is the mother of invention, uh-huh. or necessity is the mother of invention. I don't yeah. know the exact saying, but when your back is against the wall, you get mad creative. Exactly. So, so sometimes you got to create a situation where you're forced to make it happen. 
You know yeah. what I mean? So when I when I quit that job with no no cushion, I was forced to figure it out. You know what I mean? So anyway, I saw my father kind of do that in a way, you know. We it, it it was rough during that time when he um when he was switching careers or times when he was in school, you know, it's a lot of transition periods for him like career-wise, but you know, watching him kind of find what what he wanted to do and how to, you know, kind of satisfy himself intellectually. It was like, I right, I need to figure this out kind of early on. 89, you were born. Yeah. That was the year right after hip hop blew to the mainstream and to the masses. You realize that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the year. Fight the power. As soon as I get home from work by Babyface. <laughs> is that that year? <laughs> that was that year. And that is why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that was the year um, when what? The Detroit Pistons won, right? Yeah. Detroit Pistons won. So, moving on, high school. Right. How did everything form for you then, culturally-wise then? So, I'll go back to my question, right? Going back from, at, like, moving from from the south side to the birds. It was, it's a trip. So, but, you did move from, you were on 6th, 8th, and Stoney. How long? Uh, up until 8th uh, grade, 7th grade. Up until 7th grade. What year was that? 01. Okay. 01. Let's yeah. keep. Let's yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I went to- 2001, I'm, that was the year of the- This is real detail. Is this interesting? I don't think y'all- This ain't going to be interesting to y'all people. Yes, it is. It's timeline. Okay. That was the year of, of what? What happened in 2001? The, the, the terrorist attacks. Yeah. At yeah. the same day, was the Jay-Z albums came out. This is yeah. Jay-Z stand right here. Yeah. The terrorist the attacks blueprint. happened. I remember where I was- Yeah, you. yep. The Blueprint was out. One of my favorite albums. Yeah. Fabulous album happened. came out. Yeah. Fabulous joint. Uh, yeah, I moved. It was weird because I found that, I found that, like, young dudes were more aggressive in the burbs than they were in the city, at least in my interaction. With really? Them. Because they, they, they feel like sometimes the guys feel like they said have something to prove. There you go. And you was coming from the city, so yeah. they had to prove to you. They had to get their aggression out towards you first before you bring it towards them. Right. And I so, wasn't a tough guy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And what, what was weird to me was when I went to the birds, people would be like, if you got into it with somebody, they'd be like, man, my cousin's from the city. We're, I didn't even know that the city was supposed to be this thing where it was so like the city. I didn't even know that they called Chicago the city. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost like when you go to way to school. Yeah. College. The college. And like you, see you, see the, you see the guy on acting tough on campus be like, man, you're not that damn tough. Like, we are in college, motherfucker. We are exa- so so some point exactly. you, you you didn't fuck around like that, all right? Man, so Mike Mike know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. So right. so he, now he started naming what block he's from, and all the guys he know that used to kick him in the ass. So right. now he's claiming them. He claiming them like those were his people. But actually, they was he was ducking and dodging from them the whole time for four years until he got away to school. Same thing when I'm <laughs> so now the he's birds. embracing the shit out of them while he's at Southern or Northern or Bullshit. You know what I mean? Right. But I fell into BS too, uh, you know, par- partly for that, uh, for a different reason. I fell into BS too because, you know, you make new friends or whatever, and, and it became a melting pot because, you know, you talk about, like, you know, these housing projects uh-huh. breaking down. So so now those kids from those projects, they moving on. We all in Cal City. The yeah, they got the vouchers. They got the vouchers. They got the vouchers. Yeah. So everybody's in Cal City. So you got some people really about that who from the city. But then you also got people who lived in Cal City all their lives, but got cousins in Chicago. Yeah. So they got a chip on their shoulder. So they being they they over you know overcompensating their bravado. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then 
the school that I went to coming from uh, Chicago to Cal City wasn't as good as the one I was at. I went to Beasley, a magnet school, okay. when I was in Chicago, went to Lincoln and Calumet City. So I was bored in class. So I'm hanging with the thugs. I ended up starting to embody some of the things that I'm like, man, I wasn't even throughout high school. I got into some trouble. It was like I wasn't even is the irony is if I was on the east side, I wouldn't be in the wouldn't have gotten into a lot of the trouble I got into in Cal City. Yeah, right. It's it's crazy. So, did, now, how did you identify with those thugs? Even though, okay, you're Ghanaian. You how would you say it? Ghanaian. Ghanaian. Yeah. Okay. Which means you're African, or do you? Cause do you call it African? I'm African. Yeah. I'm, I'm you call African. it African. Yeah. You go by that name, African. Yeah. Yeah. I'm African. Okay. Yeah. How was that culturally for you? Like, and and being looked at from. African Americans. I thought it was weird that they, um, the African Americans, saw it different. I always thought that was so strange. Like, you know, when I'm, you know, at Beasley, it was like, you know, Beasley was black, black school or whatever like that. You had some, you know, white classmates here and there. I think I had a few more white classmates at Calumet City, which makes sense. But, you know, the white people, I mean, you just, you know, y'all black, y'all all black. And then you kick them with black people, and then you got the jokes, the African booty scratchy, this and yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, it was my people that made fun of me. You know what I'm saying? That made fun of my names and things like that. Like it was, it was us that had the skin thing that, that saw a difference in, te- in skin tone. White folks don't care whether you dark skin, light skin, or right. it was all the same. So it was kind of a culture shock to me. Like I didn't see the difference between you and I. And then sometimes you see it and you look at somebody, you see their cheekbones, you see their nose. You look like my cousin. Like, yeah. yo, you literally look like my cousin Kofi. <laughs> Real, yeah. and, and so for you to be making fun of me is kind of odd because, man, you got to be three generations away. Right. Like, you got to be from Ghana. I see exactly. it. You know, so it's kind of weird. Like, that. Not. It, I always thought that was strange. Like, when, when I used to get teased and I was a shorty, my father told me this. He was like, yo, came home crying when dad was like six years old or something. I'm like, yo, they call me African booty scratch. I'm dark skinned. All, none of the girls like me. They making fun of me. He said, yo, you go back, you tell them they light skinned because their grandmamas was raped by their slave master. Bombs! <laughs> and so I don't Did he teach you karate He said But you gotta learn His stance first You gotta <laughs> right, right, right. karate <laughs> I didn't even know What rape meant Yeah You know what I'm saying My father was heated Went to school Did that I never knew how to heat Didn't know how to roast You say something like that The kids crying They don't even really know How rape meant yeah. They just knew it was a deep word yeah. And you know I'm getting in trouble Because of stuff like that If I got teased I end up fighting you So know, he so must have said The same thing Exactly he did he, When he was going through his, his When uh, he was coming up well, he, he he grew up in Ghana, so he didn't have that. Yeah. But when he got here, thing. though. Yeah, he just was getting people to fuck up off of him. That's how you get him. You know, like, if that's one thing about roasting or whatever. If, if you want somebody to know you're serious, you hit him with a real serious up, uppercut. And they back the fuck up. Like, hold on. Well, the man. uppercut for us growing up was your mama. And and, and, and he hit you with your grandma was and, raped. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep, Javon. So that, 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 that is deep. That is you know what I'm I mean, it's it's. He went through the dark skin jokes. I went through the dark skin jokes because dark skin went in. You know, I, I, the nappy hair now. Like I t- I tell all the young men, like if nappy hair was out when I was in grammar school, I would have been a heartthrob because yeah. I had the the nappiest hair. And I was dark skinned. And right. people don't even understand how much the culture is coming back around. Like yeah. at the same time that we have these Ferguson things going on, I know we're not gonna labor in that direction, but like it almost feel like the new sixties or whatever, right? Cause like Dashikas is becoming cool, people rocking those, and the nappy hair is becoming a cool thing. Without even knowing it, we're getting back to consciousness and the, the essence of who we are. The dreads are coming back. We're sitting there looking at oh man, these 
these dread dudes are thugs, whatever. I mean, we should celebrate that we no longer see what we naturally look like is ugly. Like when you go to a corporation, they tell you that dreads ain't professional. You mean the way my hair naturally grows from my head is illegal. That's what you're telling me. Exactly. That's messed up. That's deep. So when you embrace that, you know what I'm saying? And these shorties don't even know they're doing it out of knowledge of self necessarily. You got, I mean, man, when J. Cole just says, and, and the weekend just say, F it. I'm just going to let my hair grow how it grows. And shorty say, you know what? That's hot. I'm going to do that too. You know, if you if you take one of them and let them know like you did, yeah, how deep that is, they'll take that confidence with them. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's a trip. 2005, you are a senior in high school. What's going 07. on? 07. 2007? 07. Okay, my fault. 2007. 07. Senior in high school. You're a senior in high school. What's going on? <laughs> uh, you getting ready to go away to college or you you're planning to go to college and Senior in high school, man, I wasn't even I low key, I don't even think I ever said this on a podcast before. I wasn't thinking about going to college though. I didn't want to go. I was rapping. I was like You were rapping. I was rapping. I said, you know what? I um What were you rapping about? It was a mix. I was like, I was rapping about street stuff, but I always had, like I said, I always enjoyed lyricism. So it was more like, so you know how you wouldn't consider Jadakiss, I, at least me, I don't consider him a negative per se rapper. Okay. But he's not, he's not a positive rapper. He right. rap about the streets. He put bars in his metaphors in it, but he had this guttural, this gutterness to him. You know what I'm saying? So That he, was your major influence, Jadakiss? Not major influence. But one of, you know, kind of, that was somebody I was listening to. I was listening to Fabulous Mixtapes. I was listening to Jay-Z a lot. Okay, here we but, go. But then I also, my, my oldest sister grew up in the 90s, and she, I listened to what she listened to. So a bigger influence on me was The Roots, Common, uh, Talib Kweli. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. you mix those two worlds together. I'm talking about what I'm going through and some of what my guys are going through. Um, these, these thugs, quote-unquote, that I was hanging with. So I would, it would be from a different perspective. It would be... It'd be lyrical, but it would still have these these notes of like you know street life in it, you know. So go go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So then you get to a point where, and as I was talking about, like ironically getting more in the street life in Cal City, out of boredom, out of okay. being impressionable. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Out of hanging with the wrong crowd and out of just like you know finding who you are. Got to a lot of beefs when I was in high school, man. Your top five. Top five. That's that, top you know that's five, so so live and that's just solve one LP. That right. Kiss right. That's there. your whole. This is the whole digital generation where we at right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to ask everybody their top five just to see what's going on. No particular order. Your top five in 2007. Oh, what was my top five in 2000? Not now. 2007. You're 18 years old. 17. You're 18 years old. 2007. My top five in 07. No particular order. And this is my personal favorite, not the people who I think was dominating. Okay. Black Thought from the Roots. Wow. Random. Everybody's like, wow. what? Yeah, Black Thought from the Roots. Low-key a monster. Mike, do you like Black Thought from the Roots? Love him. Monster. He had to, because you know why? Why's that? The barber that was next to him, which is Corey. Shout out to my man, Corey. For the whole year of 1999, we listened to the Live Roots album in the barbershop. We played nothing else. Yes. Nothing else was played. Am I right or wrong? Not 99. 2000. 2001 to 2002 when Jay-Z came out with the MTV Unplugged. Then I said, now we have something else to listen to. <laughs> right. <laughs> so for three years straight, <laughs> we listen to this. there was the Roots album, live album, right? Exactly. 
Then Jay Z in two thousand what? Two. Okay. MTV unplugged. The right. fact that y'all listen to albums though for that long. Remember, think about the difference. Songs don't last but two weeks now. Yeah. Songs songs last when until the meme ain't funny no more. Exactly. Very yeah. true. That's very it. true. Once the meme is lackluster, hotline bling would be passe. You know what I'm saying? It ain't gonna be some of that. It's all you know. It's, and you know what's so crazy? The songs don't last. Last last night. No, it wasn't last night. It was Monday night. I watched Jimmy Kimball do a joke about Hotline Bling, uh-huh. and I watched Jimmy Fallon sing the song with Pharrell in him. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, no oh, not. Or was, was it Mike Tyson? It, it, it was the voice, the people off the voice. So Glenn Stefani sung it, and the, uh, the country dude, he sung it with him, but he just kept saying bling or whatever because he didn't know the song. You were actually but, watching the voice? No, no, no. But the voice people were on oh, okay. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Okay. Mike Tyson came out there, and I'm. Uh, Fallon is funny. Fallon is funny. I, I, Mike Tyson came out there. He was he was high as a kite. Still? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Him it's not sober. Did you see him? Yeah, I, saw, I only saw the Mike Tyson clip. Yeah. Man, so might yeah. have looked that up. Yeah. So you said Black Thought. Black Thought. Who's number four? Or not? No, whatever order. I'm scared to put him in order. I can't put him in order. Go ahead. It depends on my mood. But Jay Z. Okay. Black Thought, Jay Z. We're going to skip over to Jay Z because I don't want to get him started. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Jay, um, let me see. Rappers or musicians, period. 2007. 2007. The top five. Lauren Hill. God, what? you're an old soul, man. Go ahead, man. man. Bring her back. Eminem. 2007. What's, what, what was. Go ahead. Eminem. Eminem. Yeah. Because I was writing a lot, too. And I didn't want to sound like anybody that was out. So I would only listen to music I had already listened to. I would go back and listen to some music just so I can get a feel for what the sound was or so I could know something so I ain't look crazy in a party not knowing the music. Right. But I never usually liked the music that was like within my generation. Okay. You know what I'm saying? One so, more. Let me see. All right. So Jay-Z. Yeah, two more, man. Jay-Z, Black Thought, Lauryn Hill, Eminem. Oh, yeah. He does got one more. My fault. Eminem was the joint. Um... Number in five, 2007. Number in 2007. 18 years old. That's who I was listening to heavy. I'm trying to think of that last person. It's somebody I'm forgetting. Somebody I'm forgetting. It's going to come back to me. Come back. I'm going to get it. So listen. We got a battle going on. And I asked this question. It might have been Lil Wayne in 07. But he wasn't my favorite. I was just about to say. It might have been Lil Wayne in 07. Dedication 2 was that Was that 07. I'm. I'm not sure. I, I was. I was. I don't know. Never might, have been a little. He's Wayne not a Wayne fan, fan at all. He, was, at he all. wasn't my favorite. Let's go, Nas. Let's go, Nas. 2007. 2007. Okay. He had the one mic out then. I think. Yeah. Was that the one mic? Right. Hip hop is dead. Right. Yeah. Hip hop is. Yeah. So who you got between? Just give me this. This. This battle. Would you want to see this battle? Most Def versus Black Thought. Ooh, that'd be nasty. I got Black Thought. Yeah, Black Thought. My Umi says, shine the light on the world. Yeah, Mos Def is that dude. I think Black Thought is a better. I've seen Mos Def in a cypher, though. You've seen that cypher with Mos Def, Big Pun, DMX, and Cannabis. Big Pun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they sit at the table. Where they sitting at the table. Yeah. Add this to the cliff notes. Yeah. It's Mos Def, Big Pun, DMX, and, uh, they, and Cannabis. They sitting at the table. And Mos Def is ill, but he didn't. Seeing him live in a cypher, he didn't stand out. No. Black Thought will body a cypher. I think Black Thought freestyles everything. Yeah. You know Black what I mean? Black Thought is a bodier. Did you yes. see him on, on the Hip Hop Awards? No. I didn't uh, even watch Hip Hop Awards. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. He, I did he that. He murdered that. I boycotted those. Why? 
because they didn't broadcast the Million Man March. We're going to get into that. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get into that. Let's get into it right now. Come Choppers. On. Hold, on, I do hold, it? hold on, hold on. Hold on. I did it. Look, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what made you choose? So 2007, you graduate. Yeah. You go to where? I go to SIUE. Why? The only school I applied to. Why? They gave me a scholarship based okay. on my ACT. There you go. And my sister was a uh, was in the dental school down there. Really? And I went down there. She she was trying to get me to get like, you know, she was like, "Yo, you really need to look at some other schools and think about what you want to do, et cetera, et cetera." I was like, "All right." So I went to visit Wash U, um, which anybody would say Wash U is a better school than SIUE, a more okay. prestigious school. It felt so stiff. The campus was stiff. The tour guide was lame. I mean, you think I'm 18 years old? You know what I'm saying? I'm like. I got to be here for the next four years. Yeah. I went to SIUA. I was close to my sister. I know I can go to her crib, raid her fridge if I want to. Okay. Yeah, so that's why I ended up going to SIUA. What made, what What was your, see, I went to Carbondale. Ah, I graduated from Carbondale. Dope. Um, so how was your experience in college? Now, you're in the land of where they say, dar, her, and car. Dar, her, and cur, St. Louis. Did you start adapting to some of that language? Not at all. Not Come at all. Come on now. Come I ain't realized I ain't had so much Chicago pride until I left Chicago. I went down there. These dudes dress weird. They look weird. They talk funny. And then you had all these people from all over the state, people from Bloomington and all of these weird towns claiming they were from Chicago. Really? It was like I really was, I was so like, man, what? I'm like, now, I'm from Cal City. And I'm from Chicago. I can't even say I'm from Chicago. You from Bloomington? Come on, wow. son. Yeah. Or not even just Springfield. Like, just pick a town, you know. It's not to down those towns. I'm this 18-year-old <laughs> me. You know, Bloomington is fine. Great companies there. Great school. ISU. I mean, great. but you know, you, you go through a shock when you go down. You go through a shock when you go when you go away to school. It's a culture shock. I mean, when I went away, I, I, didn't, they, they, I didn't know that they had black people down in East St. Louis. I didn't know anything about East St. Louis. Me neither. Or East Boogie, whatever. I mean, back then they called it East Boogie. They still call it that around I that time? I think so. Around that time when I was there, they was calling it See, East Boogie. down there they had gold in the mouth. Because yep. when you get down when you get down in the southern part of Illinois, they consider that as the south. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the thing about it is like, well, Mike went to Paris, Tech. Paris, where did you go? Texas. Paris, Texas. Paris, Texas. Mm. He went to college down there, junior college to play ball down there. Went to Mississippi before that. Okay. Which one? Uh, Mary Holmes and West Point, Mississippi. One stoplight in the whole goddamn town. A Piggly Wiggly was considered the <laughs> was considered like the that was the club, the, the Evergreen Plaza, the Piggly Wiggly, <laughs> Piggly Wiggly, <laughs> the grocery like, store. Like what? A, like it was like on eighty seven and damn right when the jewel was at. Yeah, like everything was right there. Wow, you know that's where the whole town would go at the Piggly Wiggly. You, you know who's from Paris, Texas? Who? Rob Van Winkle. You know what that is? The Fonz. Uh, no. No, wait, no. wait, wait. Ah, Vanilla Ice. I knew it was some cool white dude. The trainer for the team was his best friend. Really? And one day, he came back because his grandmother was sick. So he came out of school to see his boy, and he told us so many stories. Like, it's live out there on the road. You get to do this. I'll be... Fucking these chicks, I'm fucking these chicks. Getting his balls licked from behind, some shit but like that. He also told us he had never got shot. He got bit by a dog in the ass. Like the, the record company came up with all these stories. 
He said, but the record just took off. Like, all of a sudden, it just, like, bam. Stories by so, Magic Mike. With the story, with, 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 with the record taking off, he wasn't even prepared. Like, he would go to Dallas and perform, uh-huh. and they made up the story about him being from Miami and all this other shit. So the record company was behind all that shit. Right. And right. he really he really wasn't, he really was a country boy that had a little rhythm mm-hmm. and, who, and who looked at presentable and was marketable. From Mississippi or Paris, Texas? From Paris, Texas. Did he write his verses? He didn't do none of that shit. So how did he even get in contact with somebody in the music industry to even start? He was, he was like, doing talent shows in Dallas. Wow. And the talent, the talent scout from L.A. just happened to be there that night. And one thing led to another, and before you know it, they pressed up a few songs for him. And next thing you know, this motherfucker left his dirt bikes. He used to ride dirt bikes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, he, had, he was a little athletic, little athletic uh-huh. and he had rhythm. And he could rhyme. He could keep up with a beat. Right. So they said, let's let's make this happen. They still do that. You yes. remember, y'all, y'all. Stories by Magic Mike. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> y'all should just see what my man Demetti just did. Don't <laughs> <laughs> T just did. <laughs> Dog, like Robin Thicke was yeah. that guy. Yeah. I don't know if y'all remember. You, If I get you alone, that song way yeah, back yeah, when. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was that dude. You know, he was riding his bike. With his long hair, he, he used was to look like Jesus. Rocker. He, he used long, to look yeah, like Jesus. Yeah. He used to look like white Jesus. He yeah. had he was riding his bike through the you know through downtown, and he had this carefree. The music was good. He always had the voice. He had the rhythm. They changed him to an R and B smooth guy. Yeah, I remember you know. that. I you know who his that. old man is, right? Yeah, uh, uh, Alan Thicke. Yeah, yeah. So it's, now they, they the still world in the move to, to the, the beat of just one, one drum. drum. With Mike Bright for you. Right. Might not be right. Different strokes, buddy. That's Alan no. Thicke. No. Yeah. That, not on that show. He was on another show. No, nah, he wrote nah, that nah, song. He wrote, that's him singing that song. Get the fuck out of here. You see yeah. that? Yeah. Bombs! <laughs> I love it. Yeah. They're her and Kerr. They're her and Kerr. Back to St. Louis. You East, you East Boogie. St. Louis. I made a lifelong friend, my boy Kwame from East St. Louis. His birthday, day after mine, one of the realest dudes I ever met. I clicked with East St. Louis dudes way easier than St. Louis cats. For some reason, I just hung with a lot of East St. Louis dudes. Why? Because East St. Louis looked like the West Side. Exactly. And, it and does. They was, they God was, damn it. They were struggling like a motherfucker out there. Too. They was, and they were humble. I think a lot of people, it was weird to me because I saw this like, I had, okay, so now you're coming from out of, I, I hadn't seen a whole lot. Like, let me not just. But I have seen the East Side. I've seen Calumet City. I've seen Fake Thugs, seen Real Thugs. I hadn't really seen a lot of people with money that was trying to be cool and that was black. I went to college and saw these dudes who were stunting that tried to, that had this money, that had privileged households, and was like, now mind you, you know, I'm from a working class family who eventually became a middle class family. Okay. You know what I mean? Both parents in the household. Both parents in the household. So it's not like I'm from this like, you know, super trouble. I didn't have these rough experiences. But these were my friends. Like you from the east side, I you know, one of my best friends' mother wasn't she was a crackhead. She wasn't around. She was on drugs. So like and so you see people at at SIUE who have money, who could buy themselves anything, who parents could buy them anything, stunting and acting gangster. It was the weirdest thing to me from these weird parts of Illinois and St. Louis. So East St. Louis cats had come from like a real place and they were real humble. You know what I mean? So they were easy for me to mesh with. And I was trying to be a loner, but I'd always been performing and doing music. So like my first month on campus, I was already hosting open mics. Like I was 
I had become someone that had to be sociable, but I wasn't necessarily yeah. a sociable guy because I didn't respect a lot of the people I had to interact with. You damn near got to be in your dorm room at night not answering the door because niggas just want to come by and just kick it with you. And just kick it. And they want to hear Chicago stories and they want to hear tell you about your performance and your joke you cracked on stage, whatever. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, like, right, yeah, right, right, right. And yeah. then it'd be underwhelming when they kick it with you yeah. because you, you're you not giving them real energy because you yeah. don't really respect them. And then I'm really not that guy. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a sociable guy now. Yeah. I learned how to be. But I wasn't really, like, I wasn't rocking with people. So I was like, Now, I have to ask, were you blending in with the African-American students? And what about the African students, though, too? You know, yeah, no, I always, I always, uh, I always blended with black co- African-American culture, like, just easy. Like, okay. Yeah, it wasn't really much. Um, but it is... That's an interesting question, though, because when you meet, you know, Africans or whatever, you tell them, yo, I'm Ghanaian. They be like, you know, then then they might speak tree. I don't speak tree flu- fluently what, enough. What is tree? Uh, native tongue in Ghana, the most popular language in Ghana. There's thousands of languages How do you in, spell it? in Ghana. T-W-I. T-W-I. Yeah, tree. Uh, Twee. Like tree. Like C-H. You pronounce it almost like a C-H-W-I. Tree. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Let me ask you. Have you ever? I mean, you yeah, teach me something. Yeah, yeah, tree. That's that's the reason. Like I said, that's the tree. reason why I've I've never known that. Yeah, that's the language, and so you you don't really speak it. So then you don't fully, you know, the Africans don't fully accept you because you know you can't speak the language, and then you never grew up. I've been there before, but I didn't grow up there. I'm going there in February with with Von. It's like a I'm taking a caravan of twenty people down there. Really? Ghana, yeah, it's, it's gonna be crazy. Congratulations on that, man. man yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, Thank correct. you. Thank you. Back and to the motherland. Yes, I, mean, I got the note today that we got twenty people up there. So God is good, man. It's really gonna happen. But you know, you don't, you don't always click with those people because they like. I mean, you're from, but you're not really from. And so, then, so, so why do they act like that? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't a disrespectful thing, though. To me, it was a difference. It was just like they would get excited because they meet you, and then it was like a letdown. It's like it's the equivalent of meeting somebody. You go somewhere, and you like. Yo, you from Chicago? Yeah, me too. What part? Oak Park? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, what part? Matson? Yeah. And then you're like, ah. I mean, you cool, but you ain't really from Chicago. So I think it was the same thing. Yo, you from God? Yo, for real? And who you saying? And you're like, uh. What does that mean? What did you just say? uh, How you doing? And how you doing? Say it again. Uh, who you saying? Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So et saying is how you say, you know, how you doing? And who you saying is like, you know, and how you doing? Let's try it out. At the say, what to say? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> At the say, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Who'd so you say? Who'd you say? <laughs> so it's like, and, and how you doing? You know. So you don't that, speak no, no creed, nah, no tree, at nah, all. Nah, nah. Like even, pro- not, not even if you're trying to, you know. I can understand it. You can. Understand I can navigate it? a conversation. But not enough to say that I could speak. You know, even I mean? if you know you got the young lady trying to impress her and shit. Oh, my friend Jamal, we learn it. I will learn it for a woman. Ah, <laughs> bombs. You know what you sound like? You what? sound just like that nigga that was trying to marry them. Bombs. You sound just like that. Trying to get that green card. Get that green card to come over here. I, I figured out. Them. No <laughs> Nothing way. motivates you like a woman, man. You'll figure it out. You'll yeah. learn it. Let me, yeah. I'm going to get my pimping together when I get out there. My hey. name is Dumb. I'm going to learn how to say my name right. Yeah. I'm going to go out there and say it right. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Dumb Come on. You know I'm a pungo. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Um, so you, you, you know, so the, there's no, there's a slight clash. 
between because because you don't speak the native language of Ghanaian. Yeah, yeah. But you're still Ghanaian no matter what. Right. Was there an African Student Association that you were part of down in the SIU? It SIU? was, and they embraced me wholeheartedly. They, they did? did? Okay. Yeah, they, they they definitely did. And um, they ended up seeking me out because I was doing a lot of events, and I didn't, um, I, you know, I was student government, black student union. You know, I was one of those cats, but I was also trying to finesse because those different organizations have funds. So if I want to put together this event and bring down these artists, which was usually my friends from Chicago, I would have to partner with these different organizations to make them available. You know what I'm saying? Get, uh-huh. You know, so I'm bringing cats from the hood who had never been to a college campus to come out here and perform. And then we turning up, like just showing them what the cop and getting them paid. You know what I mean? So the real finesse, the real finesse. Yeah. So African Student Union, you know, was like, yo, we want we want you to bring more notoriety to what we got going. And I was just happy that they embraced because, you know, I'm like, yo, for sure. So I started working with them, you know, doing events. We did like the World AIDS Day event, which ended up becoming the reason I wrote one of my favorite songs. And it was it was a good. You know, I still got one of my friends. The funny thing is, though, a lot of Africans do what African-Americans don't do. They came here, got the education, stayed for a little bit, and he went back to his country. One of my friends, Gamali Kumasi, he went back. Um, he's living in Ghana now, working for the ministry, the government there. Oh. You know, so you don't see. But you said, you said he, he does, he do, well, say that again. He does what a lot of African-Americans don't do, which and is get that? money and go back to the hood and help out. Bombs! Real talk. Michael Jordan. They've been getting on him a lot lately. About yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hold on one second while we do this commercial. What's up, everybody? This is Magic Mike 32 on your Instagram and your Twitter, and you're listening to Reasonable Ignorance live right now on your SoundCloud and your iTunes. We want you to rate us. Subscribe to us and share us. We appreciate that. Me and my boy, King Bula, on Instagram and Twitter. Back to the regular program. Yes, yes. You are now 2012, right? Yeah. Graduating senior. 2011. 2011. Yep. I didn't know if you did the four-year or five-year plan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had to get up out of there. I did an extra semester, though. You did? So yeah, you stayed in 2000? You didn't do no fraternity thing, right? I did 2011. Didn't do fraternities. You wanted to? I thought about it, but I never wanted to. When I thought about it and I was assessing the situation, I feel like, so I'm going to tell you what I told you earlier, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to say it in a more tactful way. Um, I didn't think the fraternities at the time were doing enough to help the people, to, doing enough to impact the area that they could. Like, you have an organization that has so much power, so much influence, not only, like, academically, but also they cool. You know what I'm saying? They swagged out. They educated. And I didn't know if they were using their resources to the best of their abilities. And so when you talk to folks who are, you know, trying to sway you either way, they would say, that's where you come in. You're supposed to come and help the organization. I said, oh, or I help myself. And I get this money and y'all can come with me. If y'all, if y'all are passionate about community service and things like that, I want the whole NPHC to come with me to East St. Louis. I'm teaching a charter school about what, how to get to college and we're going to tutor these kids and we're going to, and some of them did. And some of them joined a, uh, a program called Backpack to Briefcase. I did. The National Sales Network had this mentorship program. A lot of cats in fraternities teamed up with me and said, you're right. Let's rock. But wow. I was like, I didn't need this mechanism to do that necessarily. Now, see, uh, now you, how old were you then when you, uh, when you did that? 20. 19 or 20. 
What's the average 19, 20-year-old thinking about at that time, Mike? Three, five. <laughs> Some motherfucker turning up. Choppers. Uh, <laughs> the motherfucker, whatever future talking about. Them styrofoam cups. 45 by my good. Dirty Sprite in the cup. That's what they, you know, because that's what, like, this guy here, he had, <laughs> he, he got, he, he had a different, he's seen the streets yeah. on 68th and Stony Island, but he had that influence in the house. Like, like he said, his mother was, and father was working at Gary Popcorn. Right. They was, and his sisters was not going to let him fuck up that, you know what I'm saying? Mm. They, they wasn't going to let him fuck up that legacy. Like, no, you're not going out here and becoming no fucking BD or no GD. You know, you, you have a different, that's not you. Mm, Nineteen yeah. twenty. You were twenty years old, leading a backpack to briefcases. Backpack, yeah. backpack to briefcases, and East St. Louis, one of the most impoverished cities, small town cities, small towns in America, with a heavy black population. Yeah, yeah. It was which it looks was, like you said it looks like look like the West Side of Chicago, stick right now to this day. Yes, yes. I'm telling you. I know when, one thing. I know one thing. Yes. East St. Louis got some good pussy. <laughs> good pussy. And that's why, exactly why, the fraternities can't do what they got to do. Because they worried about the fucking pussy, <laughs> the step shows, <laughs> the fucking kings, and the fucking, what Delta is really getting thotted out. Hey, you said what it, AKA I didn't. is really you know what I'm saying? Well, it was I, it was disheartening. It was disappointing because yeah. I said, and it's not a knock to these men individually because the individual go getters rock with me regardless, and we made exactly. it happen. But it was like, which fraternity rock with you the most? Hmm. The Q's. I think nah. Um, because we didn't have them at the campus at the time. I think okay. they were suspended. They were suspended. Um, just like most. Cues. Yeah, uh, I want to say you I want the cues just knock off GDs. They just the niggas that went the GDs. <laughs> bombs. Cues oh, just damn. knock off GDs. They just they oh, just damn. stayed in school a little bit longer. I might say the Alphas. The Alphas rocked. They rocked heavy because they did do a lot of positive events and things like that. They did. You know what I mean? They did. No one else. The Kappas was cool. Like um in in the Backpacks and Briefcase, one of my mentors, Larry Blue. Shout out to Larry Blue. He's one of the, like, dopest dudes ever. He a Kappa. And so, you know, my man Dino and a lot of Kappas had joined the Backpacks and Briefcase initiative, you know. Did they bring them goddamn Kings with them, though? They brought the Kings with them. Yeah, they going to bring them Kings. No one they else. They bring them Kings. Yeah, really the Alphas and the, and the Kappas. I know what you're waiting on. It was the Alphas and the Kappas. They were rocking. The Zingles was, 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 uh, they were suspended, too. Moving on. Um, <laughs> to everybody that don't know Jamal is a Sigma Later later on Later on um, They came back And they To this day I think they doing some good work I think I think they rocking I'm rocking with you You know Sigma's just guys That couldn't really sing And they couldn't dance So they had to go to school <laughs> Join their fraternity <laughs> Learn how to step <laughs> And that is coming from One of the, the GDs From the From 79th Street <laughs> And uh, Kappas, they knock off Vice Lords. They just want to get the chains. That is coming from one of the GDs off 79th oh, Street. Man. And who still rocks his hat to, to, to the right Wherever to I'm this at. day. Yo, his headphones Where, are cocked right now. Wherever I'm at, to the right. <laughs> I'm it's to the right, to Mid-40s. the right. Mid-40s. That's, that's funny, why they yo. fuck with the song about Beyonce talking about to the left. And he likes the song. my shit over there. 
My shit goes to the right. <laughs> That's funny, yo. 2011. <laughs> that is hilarious. 2011. You are graduating from SIUE. Yo, just before that, right? Like, well, two years before that, 2009, I get, I end up getting into religion, right? So my family Uh-oh. had- oh Yeah, so this is what- this is really what motivated me and changed my life. I think this is what had me motivated in that African time. ancestry, ancestral religion or uh, Christianity, Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, Christianity. Okay. Um, the, the, the Catholic or the, or the, uh, the, the no denomination folks just no denomination. For Jesus for no moonwalking and shit through the church. I hate those churches. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still can't to this day. I can't find you know I left the church that I used to go to and I still can't find a church that I all the way click with. Because I see these moments that I see ain't genuine. They're just traditional. You jumping around because you think is what you're supposed to do when a pastor say what he said. That spirit didn't jump in you. You just you. That's the same as me telling a concert. If I'm not doing a concert and I say everybody make some noise and y'all make some noise, that ain't the spirit. Y'all just listening to the MC. Exactly. exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I feel the same when I, a lady yeah. should act like that. If you got a man at home paying the bills. Like, every time you come in the house and all the bills paid, bitch, you should be breakdancing and shouting <laughs> for your man because all your fucking bills is paid. Don't just do that for the preacher. Like, your man is out there busting his back, hey. breaking his neck, and then watch watch this. You know what they say? What? That's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be a provider. Mm. Message. Ain't that some shit? Bombs. No. This is what you're supposed to do. Well, what, I'm suppo- what you're supposed to be doing is coming in here with a nice-ass... Uh, Nicki Minaj body, cause that's what you're supposed to have. Not get no ass shots, not get no titties redone. You're supposed to just go to the gym, work out, and when I come in here, you're supposed to suck my dick like it's a motherfucker. No, <laughs> <laughs> Bombs! <laughs> Bombs! I mean, but if they want to go there. Bombs! Oh, man, you wildin'. Oh, but, but. Honestly, we as men, we gotta. Step but you, up. I know. But you, you children. make a good point, though. Yeah. You like, you like. If that's what you're supposed to do, like, what if we, what if we put all of these standards on women or what they quote unquote are supposed to do? You know, it's, yeah. it's really speaking of what a gender role is really supposed to mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, so I end up ha- had it up happen. It was crazy because I kept having dreams uh, immediately after high school. Like I said, I got into a lot of beefs with different people. Kept having dreams that I was getting killed. It was the weirdest thing. Had wow. never told anyone. That I was having these dreams. You you kicked it off with it, which you did your research because you said from profit to prophecy. Right. That's where the album came from because I thought the goal of life was to get money. Like, if I you got to always, the point, we, you, you know what? We, uh, the black community teaches us that. Yeah. yeah. Because we're so it's such an impoverished community, um, uneducated at times that we taught. You go to college, you get a job. Speak on it. That's it. Speak on. Well, it. that's what we, I was taught. Yeah. They didn't know no better. My grandmother and my great grandmother didn't know no better. That's all they knew was go to go to school, get a college, get an education, get a job. Get a job. You got to look at it. We one generation right out of the civil rights movement. Yeah. So our parents wow. didn't know nothing, but they thought they were successful as soon as they get their own house, their yeah. own Very car. True. Oh, that's so true. They didn't know nothing about no credit score. Yeah. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They didn't know nothing about so much like whatever. Whatever was like. They voted Reagan in. <laughs> that's that's how they far didn't I'm, vote no fucking Reagan in. I'm talking about, well, look, look, look at the people who was up right. for presidency then. Right. So this this thing like the white the the powers that be had a whole they had total control. So this is where the difference is coming in now. This this is the backlash of the crack era and all that 88, 89 shit. Now this kid here's twenty six. Yeah. You see what he was doing? He, he was doing 
books to briefcases. Book right. bags to briefcases. Right. So we are at a totally different level of thinking now. Yeah. So now we got like, of course Trump is saying what the fuck he wants to say because he's talking like a white man talks in a uh, in a in a regular country, conversation in, 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 in a country club house. Yeah. yeah. What was he, he supposed to say that behind closed doors? He said, "Would you vote for a face like that?" Like he talking about the lady. Like look at that ugly bitch. That's basically what he said. Pretty much. Like, pretty like much. He, yeah. he 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 says something crazy every day, but he's not beating around the bush. He's like, "Fuck that! I'm gonna build a biggest wall around Mexico in the world." You know what I'm saying? That's I mean that's that's he's really telling for what it is, and now they're trying to tell him, no, you can't say that. He's like, why? I got all the money in the world. He said his father started him out with a million dollars, a small loan, a small loan for a million dollars, and he didn't have he he had it rough. That's what he said. I had it rough. My father <laughs> gave me a million dollars to start out, and I had it rough. I was like, what the fuck? You how? Do, I mean, what does your father give you to start out? The same thing mine gave me. Absolutely, gosh, nothing. nothing. <laughs> For what? A conversation. A conversation. I, I was going to say advice. Uh, advice, yeah. a conversation. You, so don't it, get it, nobody pregnant. It's a totally different world now. Yeah. And it's totally, it's, it's, it's like we're doing this right now and we're going on every phone, iPhone yep. in the world. Right. Because mm-hmm. of the podcast right. app that's on there. So that's just how much the world has changed. Mm-hmm. So I try to explain it to people like, it's, different you could just about do whatever you want to do as long as in a positive light and just your light might start off small like a flicker yeah on a on a on a big lighter but at, sooner or later it's gonna it's gonna light you speaking from scripture don't despise the small beginnings that's right. the script that's you know the what I'm word saying? Yeah. Minneapolis. Minnesota. Wait, wait. Let me finish my Jesus story now. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, go ahead. My yeah, fault. My yeah. fault. Yeah. I skip over Jesus, man. Yeah. See, you, you, you moved him. That's what it was. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, that's what right, came back. Made it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> so I was like, make a long story short. Though I was having these crazy dreams. Around that time, my mother's sister died. Got killed in a car accident. She got real religious during the time, and I thought it was so out of pocket. You know what I mean? It was. It was really strange. I got a song about on that from Prophet to Prophecy joint. Like the first song is really about this. Um, production quality sucks, but the lyrics are dope. Um, but it's about this. So she she got I got killed in this car crash. And um she started going to church real heavy and said, Yo, come to come to prayer with me tonight. Okay. Kept on saying, Come to prayer with me, come to prayer with me tonight. And I'm like, I was home on break. And I'm like, nah, there's really no point. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I don't get this thing that you're talking about. Why do we gotta go to this pastor to be prayed for? Like, we can do that at the crib. She's right. like, nah, come with me. So she finally brought me with him, with with her. And when I went to this guy, um, when I saw him, I knew that was the pastor. It was a whole bunch of people in the store. He was working at a computer store. I just saw him. I knew it was him. And then took me in a room, and he told me the dreams that I was having. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Told my mother to get out the room. He told me the dreams I was having. Hadn't told a soul. You know? And so um, he started telling me about what God had for me and what, what my life was going to be like. And he talked, like, some of it is coming to fruition. You know what I'm saying? He talked about it not being a conventional thing, it being more entrepreneurial, it being entertainment or something like that. And that's because at first I'm like, okay, maybe my mother like- Told him. Yeah, right. But she didn't want me doing entertainment because they wanted me doing medicine. If you if you African, you need to go to medical school. That's what you need to do. Really? Yeah, it's like medical school is the joint. Go to med school, be a doctor, be a lawyer. Uh-huh. You know, that's the, that's the that's thing. That's what's taught. That's what's taught. That's what's preached. That's what's preached in the household. 100%. That's what's dispelled. That's what's you need to do this or one hundred percent. Not a trapper or a rapper. You gonna go be a doctor. 
anything less, whatever. Wow. So so that was that was the thing. So I'm like, man, you know, she like, you run around being a rapper, da-da-da. You know what I mean? So he, he tells me that, and he's like, listen, just pray. You know, start off, read the New Testament. You know what I'm saying? I tried to read the Bible before. I didn't see any. I just saw begat, 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 begat. Didn't make sense. I started to see messages in it. You know, it, it was it, it was for me. And what, what happened to me, it made me uh, appreciate everybody's spiritual awakening. Like, how can I experience what I've experienced and tell a Buddhist who claims he went through something like that or a Muslim who claims he went through something like that, that he didn't go through what he went through? You know, I might not agree or believe what he's saying, but the iteration had came to me. Oh, man, I'm I'm with this Jesus all the way. Now, I know we know what's problematic about the image of Jesus that we see, that Jesus is just a painting of somebody's son that they just said posed for this painting. And that painting ended up being the image of, of the Jesus as it seems. You know what I'm saying? As we mm -hmm. see it. But when you actually get into the word and pull the scriptures out of it, even if it's just Proverbs, if you don't even want to look at the historical context of the word, you can't read this wisdom and not be inspired or not moved by it. Like some wisdom is just universal law and it's just true. It just makes sense to say no, despise the small beginnings. Everything starts small. Okay. And even if it starts bigger to get bigger, Donald Trump got a million dollars. He now has a billion. Yeah. That's how it works. You know, so anyway, that's 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 how it ended up you know, being a bit more focused and being a bit more disciplined. I still effed up a lot. Okay. But that was, like, really what had me on this wavelength, you know, throughout college, throughout the second half of college. 2011, yeah. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. How does that occur? Got an internship at Target headquarters. And um, you went corporate. Went corporate. So I said. They recruited you. Now, I was doing a backpack to briefcase joint. And this is why these programs are so important because I was doing inroads. Okay. Inroads is an internship program for minority students. If any, any high school students listening now and you're a sophomore, and I think you have to have like at least a 3.0 GPA, can't remember. But if you're a minority student in high school, you get to sign up for this internship program. They teach you how to dress, they teach you how to talk in interviews, they teach you how to finesse. I was doing this and they give you internships. Um, not sophomore in high school, I think sophomore in college, I'm tripping. But I was in inroads in and, um, I got the internship with Targets through En-ROADS. I actually cheated because I got an email and it, it had the Excel rows of all of the jobs that were available to you. Mm -hmm. I unhighlighted all of the rows and I was like, oh, I like this one in Minnesota. And I just called the person directly. And my like caseworker was like, not caseworker, but the account manager was like, yo, how you just going to jump over my head and call the Minnesota office? I was like, I thought it was cool. But I ended up getting the internship there and then they called me back for the full-time job. It was like 52K, 53, something like that I was making there. And um, I, I enjoyed the stability of it, but it was a culture shock again because it's like five black people in Minnesota. Oh, whoa. And, and we're not even talking about, it's not just about race too. Minnesota has a super nice culture. Chicago, we real blunt. We're rough. We're abrasive city no matter what race yeah, you we are. Yeah, we are. We are. That Minnesota nice thing is a real thing. So I'm there... You might want to think about doing this a little. And I'm literal. I'm like, I don't know what that means. So I, I, it took me a while to get used to reading between the lines. You know what I'm saying? So I learned a lot about corporate America and how to relate to people. How long were you there for? Only a year, a year even. I started on Martin Luther King Day and quit on Martin Luther King Day the following year. Wow. It just happened to be that's when the internship class started, like January 16th or something like that. When I quit, I started touring, doing spoken word and hip hop. Okay. Like, exclusively i did like we did like theaters had a management group my boy isaac ricard at this company called uh groove theory and blue ink 
something like he was a Sigma. Okay. One of the trillers. That Sigma network in Minnesota. I don't know if you ever been to Uni- University of Minnesota. Never. Those Sigmas, bruh, they business oriented. They okay. bout their business. And okay. they are like, yo, yeah. So they they had this organization where they so he was managing me. We did different like Black History Month initiatives at companies. So say Pepsi would be like, yo, we need a Black History Month program. We're bringing that to you for an hour. You know what I'm saying? So I was feeding myself off of that. And then by April, some of that dried up, moved back to Chicago, and I was heavy in the church. I said, you know what? I need to learn audio engineering. I'm going to do rap. I'm going to keep doing rap, and I'm going to be an audio engineer. I ended up going to the Illinois Center for Broadcasting, which doesn't teach you how to be an audio engineer, but they do teach you okay. how to be a radio personality. Yeah. And I end up, you know, getting the radio, you know. You're 26. Yeah. WVON. Yeah. Talk about it. That kicked yeah. off his internship. Yeah, you over there with Cliff Kelly. Yeah. Cliff Kelly. Legends. Yeah. You know, you, did you know he was a... 50-plus year history. He's an ex-alderman. You know, he used to be my alderman on the east side. Yeah. My dad knew him. Yeah. Put him in a bing. Full circle. Locked up. Yeah. But he is like one of Bribes. The, one of the nicest... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nigga went for hey, the money. He's probably <laughs> <laughs> he It's the Chicago way, right? Yeah. yeah. Listen, Cliff. there's no removal. Fifty extra fifteen hundred dollars. You had to do three years. Ain't that a bitch? Ain't, ain't no, no. I'm not even saying that's the case, but you know how much. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how. I don't know much, but I know now. Cliff is one of the most respected, like radio broadcasters, and like, um, like just a consummate professional. Like if you meet him, he's one of those cats that when you meet him. And if you tell, if he meets you today, you'll see him five years from now, and he'll remember everything about you. I but, kid you not. But you know what, Domitia and, and Mike, you realize that every alderman has gone to jail. Period. Over the, over, it's the weirdest thing because they they dangle that carrot in front of their face, and so like they 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 go for it. They go for it. Like the black politician is going to go for it. Like this 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 trickle this a trickle down effect. Because Illinois, what five governors from here? Yeah, have went to jail. Yeah, like it's it's the politics is so crooked here. Like, Dirty what politics. other state you know that you can't get your money from the lottery after you win? They're not giving a dollar out over six hundred dollars until the state gets their money. You, sti- the you still playing? playing? Yeah, I'm still playing because I know how to play. But I'm gonna play a box on the pick four. I'm not paying for the five thousand dollars. I'm, 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 I'm gonna pay a box. Why did Denzel watch the face from that meme pop up as soon as he said that? Let me get a dollar straight. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dollar just, straight, dollar box. I'm, it's, it's just crazy. Like they trying to tell you, you living in a fucked up community. You stay on sixty third and racing. You finally hit the lottery. Your number comes in. You win. Mm-hmm. But you lose because we ain't got the money. What in the fuck? You, what do I, I have you. to do? Yeah. What the fuck do I have to do? Right, right. You know they, what I'm saying? They right. gonna get it eventually. Uh, eventually, uh, I O U. Eventually, that rent is due immediately. I haven't, I haven't heard from the from the pastors who voted for this governor now. Yeah, speak on that. They got jobs. With Corey Brooks, James Mick, Meeks. Yeah. I haven't heard from them guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, you like, got a job now. You got you make it thirty one k. You at WVON once again. Started as an internship, and I would literally do everything. It's synergy. It's really, it's really God body. Like I remember when I started as an intern, and I was I was hearing the previous news anchor. I was like, I could do that. I could probably do that. I was just joking. And my mother said you should apply for it because he ended up quitting. And I was like, um, I was like, nah, I can't. She's like, why? I was like, cause I I just started broadcasting. Like I only been in broadcasting school for three months. Like I can't, I can't do that. 
He's like, who told you you can't? Mm. I was like, right. Once again, that comes back again. Like you said, that it yep. goes back to that that two that two parent household. That two, yeah, yeah. Having what the, the that, uh, that push, yeah, that push. That it push, matters. Right. It matters. You yeah. know what I mean. And so she she told me who who, who said you can't. That positive push though. You I know went what I'm in saying? there. Yeah, yeah. I, I went in there and um, I gave him an air check. You know what I'm saying. And then I it was funny. I still remember. I went to my program director. Yo, did you check my email? He was like, Nah, I got deleted. You know, send it again. So I went back to school. Let a teacher hear it. He told me what to change. But the teacher, I wasn't good. I was okay. He was like, he wasn't gung-ho about it, but I went back and let the PD hear it, and he was impressed with the writing and, like, my my grasping of, like, I wrote the stories myself because I didn't know. I didn't even know. I knew so little about radio. I didn't know there were wires. I didn't know about Associated Press that I could kind of, and I didn't want to plagiarize. I went to college. I'm like, you know, you got to rewrite. So I always knew how to write. So he was impressed with the writing. I ended up doing that. So it was like, you know, we'll, we'll try something out on you. So they kind of put me through a training program. He was like, yo, can you record, you know, these four news stories in an hour? Can you put together a newscast? If you told me to do four, I did eight. You know what I'm saying? If you told me to do, I was just going, I was going stupid. And mind you, I was in school at the same time. So while I was doing an internship. Uh, this was uh, this was two years ago. I've only been a VON for about two years. Okay. So this was two years ago. And I was interning. Um, so I would go into work in the morning pretty much the same schedule i got now except i was going to the school and not working at it you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i um then they came up on the end of the year and they were like yo you know i like how you write do you want to do the end of the year programming so the year in review where you talk about all the top stories voiced by cliff kelly so i'm like yo i got you so i wrote the whole hour special you know and uh with the help of the the tech producer who would clean up my typos and stuff when cliff kelly was doing it but aside from that you know that then and I, and I tell this to my students and even me, like, I know I'm not the most talented in any individual thing, but you make yourself invaluable. It's like if you get rid of this guy who who's uh, doing this, you also lose the production guy. You also lose the writer. You lose the news anchor. You lose the – that's where value comes from. So I'm trying to find ways to give myself more value at the station as I became a better newscaster, you know? Interesting. Yeah. So, so I mean, would you say that you went from profit to prophecy, would you, but you developed what? Passion, right? I said I went from prophet to prophecy, street nigga to Socrates, mixing theology with hip hop ghetto philosophy. I just want to do. Ah, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, no, okay, no. okay. Go ahead, man. At this mark right now, we need that sixteen. Oh, ooh. You gonna do it now? Yeah. You gonna do it now? now. All right, oh, let me see. See, I ain't stopping till I'm popping in your zip code. My whole click code. I'm at their neck like a lymph node. Telling his rappers yapping about everything that they lacking. The minute they put their track in, I'm looking at them and laughing. Claiming that they gun toters. When street niggas don't know you, the only time you push white is when you're using your snowblower. I'm spitting crack till they overdose. My people sleep and still comatose. No breakfast time, but they holding toast. Still fooling y'all with that okie doke. Too full of politics and don't tease the opposite. Nobody's effing with me. I'm lyrically so monogamous. My own competition. Niggas is too monotonous and far from the image they portray. It's painfully obvious. I spot them like psoriasis. Aim it at the irises. Click bow. You staring at defeat like a podiatrist. Mm. Podi- yeah. Hey. Pro- profit to prophecies. <laughs> I went from prophet to prophecy. Street brother to Socrates. Mixing theology with hip hop ghetto philosophy. They probably thought that I was spitting punchlines there. It's because your whole crew square. But my squad more like a sausage. Try it from different angles. Never compromise your art. If you smart, they hang to your every word like an apostrophe. That's an old verse. That's from like. That's an old verse? <laughs> that's like 2011. Ew. It was just the first one that came to my mind from the Prophet to Prophecy thing. But yeah. Radio. Yeah. Why? Why radio? 
it happened. It's kind of just happened. And I found like a synergy between like WVON came before the uh, radio or your, your your how did you develop the passion for wanting to go to radio? You know, I don't know if I have a passion for radio to be honest. Okay. I think I'm also got but a the passion. voice for it though. I know that. Oh, well, thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah. That's and it's funny like like different things in life end up preparing you for other things. I had never heard anybody say anything like that I have the voice for anything. But I think just learning how to, like, just being an MC, you learn how to do different things with your voice on the track and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. on the radio, you end up learning how to, you know, work with what you got and maneuvering it. But, like, I just got a passion for ideas. And, like, you know, like, it was always books in the crib okay. when I was in college. You know what I mean? I was blogging, but I didn't even know the concept of blogging. My professor just told me, yo, can you write a short thing about what you thought of the Murder, the Excellent song on that uh, Watch the Throne album? I'm like, yeah. You wow. know, I broke down the lyrics and put it on it's still on the site on uh, the culturalfront.org um okay but it's that those ideas and then it was just really just this these ideas spoken you know what i mean and then VON was one of those stations that had that legacy but also was like station for black people intelligent black people talking intelligent things you know right. what i mean That's so true. it was like is is and you brought up Com- combat jack talking about earlier podcast earlier like, can I say other podcasts on the drive? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, we but, don't trip on that, man. But, you know, and, and it, so it's like the intellectualism. So I started to, as, you know, as developing, like learning the craft, I don't just jump into a craft without learning. I research crazy. So I'm like, okay, can I do this? What are people doing? I'm like, so that was a young guy who was intelligent, Sway, young guy who was also intelligent, but part of the hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, this is, that's how I kind of developed that thing. But it, the radio, it just happened from having an internship. And just wanting to be the best at that internship, and it turned into a job. Program director now at Windy City and the Underground. Yo, that was me following the spirit. Wow. I was, I was working at VON, and I was like, I could use. I worked from six to twelve. I said the rest of my day, I'm not doing anything. So I was like, I could use some extra money too. I went to, um, I was like, yo, I need to be a. I, I applied to be a graduate assistant. Graduate assistants are like. You work the front desk. You had a first point of contact with the students, but pretty much your job is can be anything from helping a student learn their podcast to just running the paperwork, like being a receptionist. So when I got the job, people were like, "Why do you have an on-air job or morning drive radio? You know, it's a small station. You got, but you got a job in the industry. Why are you being a receptionist?" I said, "Man, I'm supposed to be here to do something greater. It's still stuff I don't know." I got to be close to these facilities. I got to be close to the teachers. The teachers are in the field. I'm working with Trader Chocolate Jock. I listen to him growing up. Right. I listen to Devontae Stone. He's the homies now. Right. Like, so I'm like, I got to just be in the atmosphere to truly learn and soak it up. Like, how arrogant would you be to not practice and not know that you don't, you, you know that you don't know. I know that I wasn't a good, like. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I know what I don't know. So I had to be there. And so if that means, you know, running off these copies, yeah. So I did that. But being in that building just gave me the relationship to where I didn't know J.R. Bang was leaving. When J.R. Bang left, um, I was like, okay, I need that job. Shout man. out to J.R. Bang. Shout out to J.R. Bang. He what up, J.R.? Built that thing from scratch, man. Built Windy City Underground from scratch. So I was like, I need that. You know, and they asked me in an interview, yo, like, you working a full-time job here. Can you handle this here? I'm like, yeah, of course. You know, I didn't know if I could. But the same thing, but go back to what my mother said. Who said you can't? Who said I can't? Yeah, I I got it. Gotcha. You know, and so that's how it ended up happening. Aspirations now, man. You know what? I'm yeah. I'm I want to figure out a way 
to do what I'm doing now on a larger scale. But what's been really bugging and, and gnawing at me as I look at all of these social justice issues, like I've always been helping people like in our communities or communities at large at a real micro level. You know, I would I was working with the Upward Bound program, you know, the backpack to briefcase thing, all of these mm-hmm. things. It was like, how can I how do you combine these theories and things that you know? Because what good is it to read the new Jim Crow if you can't attack mass incarceration? Exactly. What mm-hmm. good if you can't apply this? I got a piece about it. It's too long for the podcast. I'll let y'all hear it later. But like, okay. Okay. Uh, if they come to the Artist Lounge every first and third Friday, quick plug. Yeah, rep it, rep it, rep it. High Park, Frontline Bookstore. We do it every first and third Friday. You can find more information on my Instagram, Domati underscore, at Domati underscore. But like, I was like, how can I, if, you, if I could find a way to create an arts initiative that would fuse these two ideas of like addressing what's going on in our community, feeding myself, and satisfying myself kind of intellectually in this art space. You know, that's something I'm still kind of battling and figuring out. I'm doing it on a level with the Artist Lounge. I'm doing it on a level by the conversations we're having on VON and I get when I get the chance to report the news on these things. And I'm doing it by impacting these broadcasting students at Windy City. But this ain't all it is, you know. So I'm just trying to figure out what it is. Right. You know, just trying Take to figure Take it to out. another level. Like, uh, give me your thoughts on this. <clears throat> Of course, the police violence is one thing. Yeah. But what the policeman did the other day in the classroom. Come on. To the young lady. Yeah. Now, the kids called this cop incredible hope. The young lady wasn't saying a word. She's probably 110 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. He comes and drags her out of the chair, in the chair for a minute, out of the chair. Body slams her out of the chair. Body slammed her. So he got fired today. Yeah. And nobody's spoken out about it from her side. Like, of course, you know, but they, they, they're getting the legal team together. They, they, yeah. they see the money. They don't need to speak. They don't need cha-ching. to speak yet. Yeah. So my thing is, Raven Simone said something so crazy this morning. I almost broke oh the damn team. Get I didn't the fuck it. out of here. For real? Yeah, she said, these young kids pop off to grown people. And they have to be checked. Almost broke the TV. What are your thoughts on that? Man, it's funny you bring that up because that's when I realized, okay, I need to do something for real. Because anytime we are having, anytime you have people saying we need to see what happened first to see what made a little girl get body slammed, you know that something is wrong. Something is something is deeply ingrained in all of us if we devalue black life like that. You don't see that little girl as a little girl. You see her as a thing that needs to be disciplined. And the way you discipline a thing is to beat it up. That's yeah. what you're telling me. So I don't I don't care. Unless she had three hand grenades and a pocket knife, there's no reason for him to body slam that young girl. She was so small, you could drag her out of the room like that. But if you even if you go back to the educator, I got this thought from someone else who uh who who's a teacher. If you go back to the educator, normally what they do is they say, you know what? I'm gonna keep moving class on for those of y'all that want to learn, I'm gonna see you after class. I know y'all heard that before, and then you get the ooh, yeah, yeah. and that's it. Everyone I, leaves. I heard it constantly, and every day, every day. <laughs> and same, then, and you same here. <laughs> they didn't. What happened in this case? They brought the administrator, then they brought the teacher. Now we're talking about yes. Did the should the girl listen to authority? Yes, but isn't it true 
You'll never have a classroom where all of these kids are always in a good mood. 100%. And you're talking, and yeah. you're talking about a little girl. You don't know if she's on her cycle, dealing with emotions, doesn't even know how to deal with these emotions yet, probably just started it. You know what I mean? You don't know. I heard a report that she's an orphan. I'm not sure if that's oh, true. Oh, Lord. We just talked about the only reason I'm even halfway a decent person is because I got two parents. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? It's like, so you we don't know if that's true. And And do you, is there... There's something deeply wrong with you if you think that the way to get somebody to listen is not to talk to them and ask them, who are you calling? Why were you texting? What is the problem? You're not trying to get toward the problem. You're not even trying to teach these kids because that body slam disrupted the class more than she ever could. And none of the kids, so my point. You know, they arrested the, the one that did the, vid- the video. Of and that's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. They arrested but the thing one. I want to say is none of the kids made a peep. So that means that this guy walks around there like he's really the incredible That's hope. a good point. None of the kids made a peep. The teacher like, didn't do anything at all. Most videos you see this goes viral it's when the kids are fighting. Are, yeah. They're up. The teacher trying to break it up or something. This guy must walk around that school. I was thinking like he must walk around there like he's really the incredible hope. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to make a point is I guarantee you he has a dog as a pet. Wow. I bet he's never treated his pet like that. Wow. I you bet know, the people who are sticking up. I was I was heartbroken when I saw how many black men said that these girls um, speak out too much, that she needed to be disciplined, that she needed to be. If this was a, a, a white little girl and a black police officer, if these were two white people, you take color out of it. Like, I, I mean, we have, we have, our people have Stockholm Syndrome. No, you know what? Go back to what you're saying. If if this was a white child, if this was a white child, and black and the black, this would be a total uproar. I heard someone make a Freudian slip. They said that lady should have listened to what he was saying. There's a study that says that African American kids are seen as older than they really are, and they're deemed more aggressive and they treated as adults. So when a a teacher looks at a ten year old black boy, they don't see him as a ten year old black boy, Mm. and in some ways. That's true because he's seen more than the average ten year old. Who pops off more than white kids? Who pops off more than white kids? Nobody. So, so, so like, what like happens they, is they, they are taught, they are given that freedom. And if you look, fuck at, you, mom. Exactly. And if you look at this kid as an adult, you're gonna say that kid needs to be body slammed and not taught how to respect authority or not taught how to deal with her emotions because of what she's going through or like you know you're not. It's not, it's not a teaching environment, man. It's crazy. And I don't like the fact that Raven Simone and Don Lemon are being paid to to, to profit from black pain by being um, the favorite Negro. That's they, all they're They're having to a petition right now to, to try to get him off CNN. To get, to Don I don't Lemon think it's going to do anything, but, you know. You know why they're not going to get rid of him? Because he's good for ratings. And he's Just bringing like ratings. Smith. We ain't Just talking like about CNN this Stern, time in our life. Howard Stern said either they're going to like you and listen to you because they love you, they're going to hate you and listen to you because they, they hate, hate you. you. Either way it is, it's bringing ratings. They're still going to listen to you. If my man you, didn't get off the air after he called them 12 holes playing basketball, what's his name? The guy that would have Don, Don Imus. Imus, oh, yeah. 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 If Imus didn't get put off the air, he was off for like 30 days, and he's right back on there. Right back on the air. I mean, like, it's, it's, they, they, can, they do what the fuck they want to do. You know, to so who we, they want to do it to. And we all need to just stop. Like, we need to stop sharing media takeout. We need to stop sharing Raven Simone's comments. We all know she's not an authority. We look at her like she's a, a stable human being because she's a child star who didn't end up cracked out like Lindsay Lohan. 
But but she's a child star. This is a child who is sheltered from the same thing that Macaulay Culkin and all of these child stars go through. Just because we don't see it manifest in drugs the way it did with these other people, she's not mentally stable. So we need to pray for her. Right, because she's, she's not normal. At she all. Ha- she's, she's not, not normal. normal. She That's has some identity crisis issues. She got what identity issues. What child star really makes it? You know what I mean? What's None. the percentages? Well, I mean, like, like without Keisha Knight Pulliam is okay. All uh, the ones from uh, Cosby are sort of okay. Oh, but, wait, but, wait, but, wait. but 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 they 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 go through it. <laughs> they they go through it like. Basically unscathed. But think and think look, about look this. at the king of the child stars. Think about Michael, who's that? Jackson. Michael Jackson. I mean, they 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 fucked this so man around. We kind of need to stop treating Raven Simone like she's a normal person, even the way we berate her. Because look, listen, if you tell a three year old uh, she been acting since she was three years old, yeah, does she even know who she is? Nope. You know what I'm saying? You don't even understand the concept of acting. All she knows is California life, and that's it. She doesn't know anything. Right. She thinks she's Olivia. Yeah, twenty years ago, just like Michael Jackson thinks he's uh bubbles. But you know what? Michael Jackson was much more smarter than what we thought. Of you know, course. he owned fifty percent of Sony Records. Genius. And the only real way they could get it back is if he died or if he he was convicted of a felon. So that's why they would put the kids on him, and he would settle out because it was a good chance that he would get convicted. So the last time. It took so much out of him that he just left Neverland and all that. And he went over there with the sheep. And then when he came back, you know, he wasn't the same. But he was wacko jacko, quote unquote, to the media. But he owned 50% of Sony, like all the artists, Beyonce's music, all that shit. He owned all that. Yep. Wow. And the only way they could get out of it, he was going to have to give up, they was going to have to give him $800 billion. The Beatles, that 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 music wasn't shit. He owned that Sony was. music. That, that was. I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm talking compared to <laughs> Sony music. Like, okay. everybody in Sony owed him some money. Because right. wasn't there a conflict between he and the Beatles because of? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because Paul owned, McCartney, he owned, he owns their publishing. Yeah, he owned yeah, all he that. About their publishing. Paul McCartney that. opened his mouth and was like, "Look, they were doing a say, say, say." He's like, "Look, our catalog is up for sale, and I'm thinking about getting it." And Mike. Did the nigga shit from Gary, Indiana, and went and called yeah. his lawyers and went and bought the shit. That's what I'm talking about. And he and, no and that's why you didn't hear none of their music and no commercials or nothing until he died. And that's why Mike. That's when it was released. That's 20, why Mike just love, man. Twenty years ago, I went to the Million Man March. Twenty years later, you went to the Million Man March. Talk about it real quick. It was uh it was amazing, not only to be able to go, but like. I'd have never thought that there would be another Million Man March that I'd be able to go to, but able to go and cover it and, like, bump into people. Like, I walked past J. Cole on the way in because they had, like, different checkpoints where you had to show different forms of identification to get past because they didn't want to mob people like J. Cole. You're walking next to Common and you're coming in. So it's like, yo, I didn't even grab pictures with these folks because you just felt like you were there for, like, I only grabbed pictures with people I interviewed and actually did some work with or, you know, it was it was surreal. It was surreal seeing that many black faces. It was surreal to see folks who kind of bumped into each other. Oh, my bad sister, my bad brother, my bad. I mean, and these I got. It was surreal seeing that many quote unquote thugs, Gene Sag and Tim Zone that came out there and said, "What we want to learn about this? What whatever he has to say, wow. trying to figure out lines himself." And on the way in, um, I got a podcast on that too. You can listen on uh, on Domati.net. That's just the site where everything on there. My first name.net. It was a um, 
in the intro of the podcast, I, I bumped into four guys. I'm like, yo, what made y'all come out here? He was like, bruh, we had a 19-hour flight. We came from Memphis, Texas. Country as ever. Came from Memphis. Something happened. They bass got lost. It was a layover. All of that. But they saw it as so important because they sick and tired of seeing their people die. So while we sitting here telling them how to dress, we need to be telling them how to think. The clothes will follow. You know yeah, what I'm saying? No yeah. one told me. You know, when I did the backpack to briefcase, people, Jesus didn't give you a word without giving you some food first. You know what I'm saying? Even mm. you. You didn't. I, you ain't let me speak until I got a, some water. You want some water? You know what I'm saying? You got to give people something. The Backpack to Briefcase program didn't have the, the, the right or the audacity to tell me how to wear my jeans unless you told me that wearing slacks would get me some money. Okay. You told me wearing slacks would get me some money, and you brought me to the money. I literally came out of college with a job because I pulled my pants up. Tell the dude on the corner to pull his pants up. What is he going to do? He's going to be the most well-dressed uh, crack deal on the corner because you didn't give him your business card. You didn't mentor exactly. that boy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So all of these people that we throw away is why the Nation of Islam is flourishing because those are the people. That that was Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? That's that was Mal- And it's a million Malcolm X's in that, in that nation. So I got mad respect for them. So it was like, it was ill. I went on a super tangent. But like that was, I was thinking about all that when I, when I was out there. Like it was, it was surreal just seeing that many people. There was the piece that was like, okay, so what now? But honestly, I, I saw a video on this recently where it said, the first weapon of war is propaganda. And so you have to reverse the propaganda by changing the way we think and bringing in knowledge itself. Before you can condition people to a country to kill people, you got to convince them that they're terrorists. You got to convince them that they're less than. You gotta, and that's what's happening to us. Okay. And we're buying into it. And that's why we say we can body slam little girls. That's why we say, but Mike Brown should have. That's why we say, but Freddie Gray should have. That's yeah. why. Nah. Nah, fam. You know what I mean? So like when I saw that, I was like, okay, we need to, we need more of these. We need to change the way we think. Reprogram. Reasonable Ignorance Podcast Episode 20. Domati Pongo. From Prophet to Prophecy. Uh, Ladies, check him out. He's a cancer. Gemini. He's a Gemini. No kids. <laughs> <laughs> Smart young man. Single. Works a couple of jobs. Got knowledge of self. Uh, and credit, got, credit and got passion. Decent. Yeah, credit he got score passion. Decent. It's all right. He got passion. Right. Yes. He got passion. And, and, and he got swag. He, he, he got the, he got on some black Nikes. Boo. <laughs> he do the turn up music. He don't do it all day. He don't drink lean. He don't smoke. But he turn up a little bit. He, he drink a little bit. A little bit. And so, he's, uh, he's from the culture and moving that culture forward. Y'all moving are the, moving the culture forward. Moving y'all. the I digital culture you. forward together. Give give him give him your uh, your social. Real quick, even before that, it takes something special to even see somebody like like what I'm doing and even think that I'd be worthy to come on the joint. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't get a lot of interviews. I think it's 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 something specific that you got to see in certain people to say, yo, come on, because there's other people shining brighter that you could have worked with. So I appreciate it. Domati.net, D-O-M-E-T-I.net is where you can go find all the information, music. I got podcasts on there, the, the Million Man March joint. Um, you can also find out about the Artist Lounge on there. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Domati, D-O-M-E-T-I underscore. Or just Google my first name. It'll all pop up. Yeah. And listen to WVON. Yes, mean, every morning, 6 a.m. Yeah. to 12 p.m. I do news, weather and traffic. Sometimes they let me be great. I might get a word in or two. I might kick off a conversation. I actually get a chance to banter a lot more than I thought I would. So, yeah, tune in. And we're going to Africa. Let me promote that. We're going to Africa February 20th through the 28th. I'm taking, we just filled up 20 seats. I'm taking 
30 people. That's my goal, to get 10 more people to sign up for this trip. Again, that's all on domat.net. And last thing, I'm on a panel about social justice moderated by Dr. Benjamin Chaffers. That's on uh, wow. Halloween, 4 to 6. Maudlin Ijerika. I hope I said her last name correctly, but she's an award-winning journalist for the Sun-Times. She's on that panel alongside me. It's uh, the Harlem Fine Arts uh, Symposium that's going on uh, this weekend, Halloween. Um, man, just keep following. I keep on dropping information about different panels I'm on. I'm doing another on the, on the 14th, just moving these conversations, man. Now, ladies, don't y'all come running to this man trying to chase him on Facebook and social media when you get four or five babies on your, on your lap. <laughs> So he can help you out and shit. I'm telling you, get over there now while your pussy lips ain't hanging and get over there while it's still cool, all right? The beef curtains. Hey, hey, check it out. Magic Mike, 32 on your Instagram and your Twitter. This has been Reasonable Ignorance, episode number 20. Mama, every day you're away from us, this will be another day you're getting closer oh to see God. us. Bula, take us away. Bombs. <laughs> yeah.